This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Have you seen the size of your host's hands? Excelsior. Was the night for Soup Tuesday. And all through the House, and presumably the Senate, all the nasty creatures were stirring, including Obama, that louse. I, I, again, with the, I just, I just thought of that. I don't know where it came from. Welcome back, my friends. My broadcast partners, I am Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be using our phone number a lot, but don't worry. Operators will be standing by. one 3393 Actually, we don't have any operators, but producers, this is a class operation, producers will be standing by to handle your case. No, 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 no uh, double entendre there. I but you may have to, you may have to tweet them. You may have to Instagram them a picture of your hands, depending on whether this campaign catches on. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Well, gee, golly gee, where do we begin? If if the following has any weight to it at all. I should probably mention Hillary, right? I should start with Hillary. Now, if this has any weight to it at all, from a number of stories that qualify as show openers, here's one. Do you get the sense, and this is my lead question for you, at least to start the show. My lead question for you is this. Do you think... That after all this time and all these attempts from various sources, do you believe that Donald Trump's balloon has been punctured or at least pricked? 
in what his opponents would say is just the right time? Or no damage? You know, you've looked at this and said, nah, no harm, no foul, no big deal. Because of all of the times when Donald Trump was supposed to be finished because of something he said, you know we knew differently, right? We were here together, we have it on tape, and not once during any of these comments did we panic and say, that's it, he's had it, he's done. Though I would very much like to have said that as a Ted Cruz disciple. I've yearned for the moment. I suppose my question is, is this that moment? Because I have felt just in the last 36 hours or so that for the first time, the spaghetti thrown up against the wall to ascertain whether it would stick against Donald Trump may be sticking, may have stuck. Rhymes with, did you see the size of his hand? I mean, this, I would never, I would never, if, 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 if plied uh, with intoxicants and brought to Las Vegas and encouraged by my boss to speak, to speculate wildly, oh darn it, I'm sorry, to speculate wildly on the nature of this campaign. I would like, very much like, holy cow, very much have a reputation to defend. I, 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 I long to be able to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, I saw all of this coming exactly this way. Well, I, I kind of did. But I kind of didn't. I bring up the point to say I didn't. Though hidden in here is a boast. There, there are a few people in broadcasting on the radio side whom I truly admire and I have the blessing to work for or with almost all of them. One guy who has been a, a friend for, uh, uh, you know, 25 years, not not like a bowling buddy, but I mean, we correspond, you know, regularly. And that's the extent to which I've ever mentioned it. And I've only mentioned it a couple of times, is uh, Rush. And I think, I think what Rush says is important and insightful. And so I give you that background merely by way of saying, as I tweeted a couple days ago, and as I've been saying every day, twerking, dada, twerking. And as I said with particularity a couple days ago, my only chance, my only shot at at a Pulitzer Prize, you know, may be my characterization of this campaign as twerking 
And you know exactly how I've meant it. You were there the first time I used it. If you've been with me, you've heard it every time I've used it. Probably to the point you want to hit me in the head with a frying pan and say, that's enough now. Uh, Within the last hour or so, Rush uh, said this on his show. Uh, Popular culture, pop culture, is no different. Actually, he put it as a question. He said, do you think pop culture is any different than this presidential campaign, than politics? Pop culture is the same. Pop culture is taking over, has taken over, you know, this campaign or taken over politics. Twerking, best and brightest, twerking. So I think I, 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 I now know there's no way I can get a Pulitzer, but I, I feel like feels good to know that one of your colleagues, uh, especially, uh, uh, you know, really unknowingly, uh, one assumes, would verify something or validate something like that. So where, where do, to get back to this, where do we begin? Is our headline that Trump's balloon has finally been pricked? No Trump intended. Are these attacks by Rubio hurting him on the eve of Super Tuesday, the last possible moment when they could do any good, when they could make a difference? Do you think anything that's been said or done to him, by him in the last 48 hours, 72 hours since last we were together on Friday afternoon? Do you think the campaign has taken a turn such that by virtue of the things said by or about Donald Trump, do you think that possibly the nature of the campaign, of, of, of the momentum, or the basic feelings about this campaign have shifted at all? And, and again, we've recognized every other foe puncture for what it was foe this is the first time i've seriously asked the question is is for the first time it worth asking the question whether or not people are raising an eyebrow about donald trump which is a way of asking two questions the first of which is has marco rubio hit on exactly the right place to puncture Trump's balloon, i.e., con man, con man, con man. And the second question, which I truly hope we will discuss further, is did the wrong guy take our advice? This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. 
But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, my partners. I am so blessed and excited to have this seat as we head into tomorrow. Two huge specials this week for you on the Blaze Radio Network, the first of which tomorrow night, our Soup Tuesday special. Uh, We go on the air at uh, 9 Eastern, I believe, and stay until at least midnight. Is that right, Britt? Starts at 9. Starts at 9 Eastern. And we're scheduled till 12, by which time we will probably know. But what will we know? Well, we'll, we'll get, believe it or not, that's not the headline today. Right now, we, we our headline, until we decide it's not, and we have partners on the phone already, is whether or not what's happening right now in what could be the final moments of the candidacies of everybody else except Clinton and Trump are still in the balance. Since we were together Friday night, I don't know whether to go back to my tweets. I mean, I've done it. I've got them here, but I'd I'd rather speak from memory and miss something than have to go fooling around with the tweets here. Maybe I'll, I'll try to look at them during the break. But you want to talk about twerking? Let us put in one very important parenthetical aside. Some of us begged early last week, some of us begged Ted Cruz, whom many of us are for, some of us begged Ted to go after Trump. Many of us said to Ted, the key to this is you can't fight the wave, surf the wave, get on the wave. Surf the wave with Trump if you have to, by by metaphorically taking the political stiletto and putting it between his shoulder blades. You've got to go after Trump. Run like the front runner. You run like you're the front runner. Attack the guy. Get in the news. We know your beliefs, your message, it's there. The delivery sucks. We've got most of what we need. You have most of what you need. We just need to beef up and alter the way you throw that curveball just a little bit. In other words, forget the curveball. Throw at his head. Back him out of the batter's box. Throw at his head. We begged you to consider this. And he did. In fact... He adopted as though 
he was taking notes word for word from our advice last week. He adopted it, and it changed his campaign. However, as you may have noticed, he, in this case, is not Ted Cruz. He is Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio took the advice that, and when I say took, I, I don't mean that, but you know, coincidentally, Marco Rubio somehow embraced the advice that we gave to Ted, and he used it. And it was obvious we knew on Friday night it started to change. The surf changed on Friday night an hour after we were together. The insults started. And for the first time, they weren't coming from Trump. They were being directed at Trump. And a funny thing happened. Trump was not responding the way he generally responds. The question arises, why did anybody, Ted is still largely waiting, though he's joined the party a little bit, why did Rubio or Ted or anybody wait a year, 254 days? It's been 254 days since Trump announced all of this opposition research has been sitting there. Someone's been salivating to use it. Someone, please tell me. So, I, I mean, I, I know I know I've been out of running campaigns for a few years. Please don't tell me these people uh, are like have gone Peace Corps on me. No one. You know, I can't believe the opposition research, as we call it, didn't exist, but it existed and no one used it. Okay. Um, Oh, there's this, too. I can't get into it right now. I know you're on the phone. I'm getting there. Honest. Um, Trump is an anti-constitutional authoritarian. Trump has refused to denounce David Duke and the Klan on three separate occasions. Now, these are the charges. I'm not making them. I'm repeating them. But they're all made at the network level since Friday night and as recently as this morning. Trump is an anti-constitutional authoritarian. Trump refuses to denounce his endorsement by the Klan, and by David Duke, though given three separate chances to do so. The reason Trump is not showing his taxes is because it is rumored they are going to show mafia connections. Did you hear that one? That one, by the way, comes from Ted Cruz. So at least when Ted jumps in, he jumps in with both feet. Maybe both feet in cement shoes, cement galoshes. We don't know yet. It turns out to be true. Uh, Trump taxes equal mafia connections, says uh, or asks. <laughs> asks Ted Cruz. Uh, Trump is a con man. Trump is a con man who's been cheating the little guy all his life and has committed now the ultimate con. He has convinced the little guy that he's been for the little guy, even though he's been robbing blind the little guy all his life. Uh, Trump likes, Trump hearts Mussolini. 
because he retweeted a quote that says, better to live one day as a lion than a hundred years as a lamb. And when told it's a Mussolini quote, Trump, and I, I know this to be true, because I, I, I know it, I sort of saw it, heard it. Trump said, well, yeah, so what? It's Mussolini, so what? By the way, I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, this is not personal, but there are members of this audience in good standing who don't know who Mussolini is. And there's almost nobody under 30 who knows who, who, who Mussolini is. God help us. Trump's response, so what? So what if it's Mussolini? I want to be associated with good quotes. And then finally, Trump is accused of having a small unit. Yes. Yes. Best we best we finish the list for the moment with that because it is at the bottom, not just of our list. It is at pretty much the bottom of this year's campaign and American politics. I mean, let's face it. It is poetic justice because does not Donald Trump say with every utterance, mine is big and yours is small? Think about it. Freud would have a field day. Every time Trump opens his mouth, no matter what he's talking about, he's essentially saying, Soto Voce, I have a big one, you have a small one. Now someone has accused him of having a small unit. Now he wakes up. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Soup Tuesday Eve, and there is so much to talk about. I mean, I'll get into all the mechanics of tomorrow, tomorrow, because what does it matter? I mean, I, I've forgotten half of those mechanics, even though I used to make my living at them. I mean, I and 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 in effect still do, but. You know, I can't tell. I think there are 155 delegates in Texas. It could be 355. I don't know how many delegates. And I don't care. I will care tomorrow, but I don't need to care until, you know, I just need to know strategy until the polls close. Then I need to know all the numbers and everything. I mean, and I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. So today I'm not going to stress, we're not going to stress the 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 technical matters of tomorrow polls close at this time there's so many delegates in each state what's more important to know is the overall strategic schematic for tomorrow and that of course we're within moments of discussing but right now we have partners on the phone and just before we get to them i want to say i'm a big first amendment advocate i make my living via the first amendment i feed my family via free speech But were I ever to become a really nice dictator, one of the first things I would do would be to alter, and to my opponents, when they said to me, do you realize what you're doing? I know your heart's in the right place, but 
you're altering freedom of speech. I would say, shut up or just be electrocuted, okay? As I say, I'd be a really nice dictator. And the first thing I would do is alter the First Amendment. And I would rationalize it this way. If you volunteer to be on television or radio, if you volunteer to make your stupidity public, if you go on television and you talk about politics, and when they have you on and pay you to tell us, to analyze or predict for us what is going to happen or why, and your answer, your comment, is at any moment, well, it's certainly going to be interesting. The equivalent of saying, it'll be interesting, or I guess we'll see. The, the equivalent of both of those is, instead of either of those, you could say, or you could say, But what should happen is you should be attached to a machine and get a severe electrical shock if you accept money to go on media and say, and and you're supposed to be an expert, and you say, it'll be interesting. Okay? Don't, Don't come on here again until you have something to say other than some stew bum off the street. Some guy drinking Sterno, sitting in his own urine down on Boston Common. I could drag up here, put him on microphone and say, what's going to happen tomorrow? Quick, quick. And he'd say, I don't know, but it'll be interesting. (laughs) Sherry from Oklahoma. I wish I could furnish you a more dignified segue. Welcome. (laughs) Hey, thanks. Um, First of all. I am, like, addicted to the blaze now. I just caught on to this, like, a little over a week ago. And I've listened every day since. Um, I'm 30, so I'm in that in-between generation of a lot of people not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's crazy to me is, like, my dad has influenced me to be involved in politics. But at the same time... Something is changing, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but the transition's hard for me. And um, my dad is a huge Trump supporter, and mm. I'm mad because I'm like, my dad is um, was in Vietnam, a Marine. God bless him. Um, conservative, and he's like Would you 71. Thank him for us? Would you thank oh, him for yeah. us, please? Right. Yes, I will. And I'm like, Dad, what is the deal with Trump? Like, I don't understand. My brother is a Trump supporter. I, I get it with him because he, we, we disagree on many things. But with my dad, I'm like, what, what are you thinking? You know? And even after I'll tell the day, you what your dad. Still, I'll tell you. I've never, I've never had the honor of your father's acquaintance, and I'll tell you what he's thinking. He, he is looking at the country. He's looking at all of the things he might otherwise have done and been and everything else. But he decided to give the best part of his lifetime to his country. And the country mm-hmm. to which he devoted the best years of his life is no longer yeah. the country to which he devoted the right. best years of his life. He sees it going down the drain like a piece of waste. And he sees right. 
this angry man about whom he admittedly knows not a terrible amount, but enough to know right. that the guy sounds like a fighter and wants to just take our enemies and Confident. punch them in the face, mm-hmm. let our military do the job, and let the government stop robbing us and somehow secure mm-hmm. some semblance of the America in which he grew up and try to give it to you right. and your brother. You think I'd be close on that great, case? but... It's, I can see through it. And that's what, that's what I'm like, look, I'm a Ted Cruz supporter. I think the dignity, the character, his track record, I think in this, in this election, I'm like, if we have, and I'm not saying he's perfect. I know you guys have talked a lot about that, but overall you have an outstanding candidate and yet not a lot being said. I think they should have came out earlier. Like you guys have talked about. They should have fought earlier and then maybe been more um, principle orientated toward the end and just kind of get let people pick and choose. Mm. I can't stand Trump. Mm. I think he's a scumbag. And my well, dad's look, like, you, no, you know, you know, I'm a he came guy, from right? nothing. And I'm like, he's he's underhanded. He's a liar. And he it's is. just crazy. Me. I'm like, I think, I think this. I'm sorry. I just want to say quickly, going this Sherry, direction. this is why. This is why I presume to even mention the notion after all of these false starts. I presume to mention the notion that Trump maybe that maybe someone pricked the balloon. Uh, maybe in the last couple of days, I because hope. I think of all the phrases that have been used, somehow Rubio's con man seems seems to have somehow, you know, found purchase. I don't know. Yeah, I asked him. They hadn't changed their mind. But I just think it's just like with the Obama thing. To me, this Trump thing seems the same type of deal. And it, they're different from different sides. I'm independent, unfortunately, in Oklahoma. I'm voting for Bernie just because I can't stand Hillary and I can't vote Republican. But in you realize the, you're voting. The, you realize you're voting for a ghost. I know, but I can't stand Hillary. No, no, so it's okay. I feel like okay. I'm doing no, something. I'm, I'm not being, I'm I feel not like trying I'm doing something, even though I know realistically it's not rational. But I can't vote Republican. I should have changed earlier. No, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, you, I, I, I didn't but. make myself understood. I didn't mean to crack on you at all with that. I, I, and I yeah. know it sounded like that, and I apologize. What I mean to say is, because no, we haven't no, even talked about all. it yet today, and it didn't really happen until Saturday. But the fact that, 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 that Hillary beat BS by 75 points in South Carolina on Saturday, that doesn't happen in politics, okay? No, nothing beats nothing. See, and I was going to ask you guys. By 75 points. He's a dead man. Can you guys talk more about which one of them is ahead? But obviously it's apparent, and I just haven't caught on to that, and that's why you don't talk about it. (laughs) Well, you know, what we we talk about on this particular show is, is, is a little different because I tell you what's going to happen. And and right. and what's going to happen from here is that that because that's how I made my living uh, until I was your daddy's age. And that is mm-hmm. running campaigns. And, and Bernie has no place to go. When I said that I right. don't look at the map until tomorrow morning, it's OK. But it's a map that I've looked at and hiked 10,000 times in my life all over the world. I'm familiar with the trail. I look at this and I I look at this topo map and I say, well, this person here is about to die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
this this person's oh, about yeah. to walk off a cliff. This yeah. person actually could make it if they stay on the eastern part of the trail. I mean, I'm looking at this, and just so you know, Bernie, and I, and I know, I know you don't. Forgive me, you don't want to get into this kind of detail because you're doing Bernie as a protest vote. Uh, I, I get it, but just Which, so you know, in just, just to pass along, Bernie it, is now, so now dead. You independent can vote Democrat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I can't vote I just wanted you to know so that you knew as bragging rights, you could say to your friends, by the way, Bernie's a dead man. You can like him. You can love him. You can vote for him. I don't. It doesn't make him a bad person. I'm just telling you that as of this moment, no, no, as of Saturday morning and really before then, before the polls opened on Saturday, you know, we knew what was going to happen, but but it happened. And Bernie has nowhere to to go now. He's. He's right. he can't win the nomination. Hillary's got well for uh, the record. I am not super delegates. There's no way in her pocket. There's no way. She's she's the nominee. Yeah. Well, I won't. If it comes to her, them too, which it looks like it's going that way. Like everybody said, I hope to God it doesn't. I'm still pulling for Cruz and praying for him every day. But and I I'm, I wish Rubio would leave honestly because I don't think he's I don't think he's helped a whole lot. I mean, just from my circles of people that I right. talk to. And um, I've got to I've got to break, Sherry. But um, when when we come back and thank you so much for your call, please come back soon. If you have another couple moments to listen, when we come back, I'll tell you why. If you're for Ted Cruz, you don't want Rubio to drop out Uh, in just a moment. uh, The most the second most important thing we can explain today, other than whether Trump is a is a dirigible going down because he's finally been hit by some meaningful political gunfire. The next most important thing to discuss is the three-way, the three-man, three-way Super Tuesday strategy that will either nominate Donald Trump or steal the nomination from him. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Sherry, here is the second most important thing. And today I may have buried our lead because any of the top five things could have been the lead today. It is the Super Tuesday three-way, three-man theory. And it, it, it is not authored by the village people. It's a legitimate political theater. Uh, and theory. And when we say we just wish people would get out. No, no. I know why we wish that, but that's not really what we wish. That's a tactic. For someone to drop out, that's a tactical adjustment. It's not a strategic adjustment. What you really want is something other than, what do you really want? As a cruise person, you don't really want Rubio to drop out. That's not your objective, right? Right? I mean, I mean, no, ne- never mind any of the rationales or explanations. What do you want? What do you want, Sherry, as a, as a Cruz person? What you want is Cruz to win the nomination. 
You need to know what your strategic objective is or you foul up the tactical decisions. I don't mean you. I mean all of us. So what you do not want, what you do want is for Cruz to be elected. You do not want Rubio to drop out tomorrow. You don't want Kasich to drop out either. Here's why. Donald Trump needs 1,237 delegates to end this game. End it. He becomes the nominee at 1,237 delegates. He is on pace, theoretically, to do that. He won't accomplish it tomorrow, but he could accomplish it in 10 days. The only thing that stops him from accomplishing it is that the vote gets split. So what you want to have happen tomorrow, tactically, is if you're a Ted Cruz person, you must have Ted win tomorrow in Texas. And thank God he looks like he's going to. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop short of a prediction. But it looks as of this moment as though Ted will carry his home state. It was supposed to be a slam dunk. Now it's a question, but it looks like he's going to win Texas, but it's proportional. So he may only win. He may come out of it with one delegate more than Trump. That's okay. As long as we can avoid the headline, Cruz loses home state, then he's in this solid. First tactical thing we need to have happen, Ted wins Texas. Then the media exclusively turns its eyes to the next wounded animal, which is Rubio. And the question becomes, and 100% of the media coverage becomes, can Rubio win his home state? And right now the difference is Rubio is losing his home state. If Ted wins his home state and Rubio loses in Florida and Trump wins, then Rubio is out. Then comes Ohio and Kasich. Do we want him out? Well, not really. What we want is to split the anti-Trump vote. We need to split the anti-Trump vote such that he can't get mathematically to 1237 before the end of the primaries. The only way you can split the anti-Trump vote is to have a couple of three anti-Trump candidates in the race. So you see, we really want these people to stay in the race because it strategically serves our purpose. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. My partners on the Blaze Radio Network was the night before Soup Tuesday. And, well, we don't know the rest. But at least you're here, so you'll know better than anyone else. Excelsior!
Welcome back. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. Our office number is one 888 1-888-900-3393. We will be here. Shall Skip, Doc, and I, and uh, Ty, I think. Britt, who's uh, producing tomorrow night? Do we know? And Ty Johnson will be here tomorrow night for a special show. First of two big Blaze After Dark shows this week uh, on the occasion of Super Tuesday. We go on the air 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be wild and woolly. It will probably be largely decisive, though not technically so. That is to say, I think we will be saying at the end of tomorrow night, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow, I think we will be saying of some candidates, they're not out, but neither is there a way they can win. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like, hey, Essie, honey, you have to stop doing that, okay? you got to stop that, all right? You have to stop or you have to go. During the break, uh, my uh, lab decided to go fishing. So he ran down the hill and jumped in the river and was chasing fish. And now he's sitting behind me, grooming himself. Uh, and and you just don't know the stank quotient involved here. Though we are discussing American presidential politics, so it's not like it's a sudden change. one triple eight nine hundred. Good boy. one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. So Super Tuesday, and we'll talk more about it. Super if you win, lethal if you lose. Ted Cruz ought to win Texas tomorrow. Though not losing his home state was something he was rather counting on all along. You know what I mean? If Ted does win, the media attention instantly and exclusively swings to Rubio in a very lethal way. Question. Marco, 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 can you win your home state? Because right now you're losing it to Trump. And if Marco loses Florida, his home state to Trump, then look, I think there's a, a, a general consensus here. If you don't win your home state, you, you know, I mean. You can't go on any talk show. And if you can't go on any talk show, you don't exist. And I'm, I'm only half kidding here. If you don't win your home state, how, how do you keep a straight face before any audience? How do you ask the voters of another state to elect you if the voters who know you best, the voters of your home state, think you'd be a crap president? I mean, you don't win your home state, pretty much almost have to get out. But then again, that's American politics, traditional style, and we're twerking, aren't we? Adam, thank you for your patience, and roll tide. I don't know about roll tide. I'm more of a warrior. I know. I Look, I took a shot. I took a shot. That's all I could do. Yeah, yeah. I'm a grad of uh, Auburn, but really... Yeah, All right, not go Tigers! I'm 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 perfectly happy to be a hey, football I, prostitute if I must. Yeah, but I at first I want to tell you how much I really appreciate what you deliver to just my consciousness of of the political uh, system. 
I use you as I use you as a uh, uh, something to hold against my my own intuition to keep me in check or to inform me further so that I can well, come thank to the you. right conclusion. That's what I want you. I want you to use me. Use me. Use me, you big <laughs> strong man, you. But what I was thinking in regards to uh, to Trump, uh, he might have been pricked uh, recently, but I think his balloon might be too high for his descent to even matter. You yeah, know, it could be. The others are could well below be. him. It could but, well be. Uh, what I what I was thinking is I'm so tired of people talking about Trump and saying he's not a politician. As soon as you get into the race, you are, in fact, a politician. You and are, by definition, a politician. Exactly. And not only that, and they say he's a businessman. What came first, the chicken or the egg, the businessman or the politician? Because yeah. he is the bacteria or virus that creates <laughs> the disease of many what? people. Many people would agree. Are. Many yeah. people would agree with those characterizations. So let's ask ourselves... You know, because I knew when I was in college, if I had more than three things on my tray at lunch, I knew that it was a crap lunch. Okay, I mean, or at dinner, if I had like if I had seven things on my tray, I knew I didn't like any one of them that much. I knew when I, when I had a good lunch or dinner, I'd have two things and eat the heck out of them. You know what I mean? Oh, you know it. You know it. Yeah. Okay. So but- I look at this list against Trump. I'm looking at my tray right now. We're about to check out here at lunch, Adam. We're 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 back at school in in the in the cafeteria, and I got all right. Trump's an anti-constitutional authoritarian. All right, is that going to do it? Because again, no one you know. Somebody says, "How's lunch?" Well, look, I got eleven things. I have eleven things. Yeah. Well, which one do you, do you plan on eating? And which one do you like? Why do you have eleven things? It means because you don't like any of them. Okay, so. Which one of these is going to knock out Trump? He's an anti-constitutional authoritarian, said by George Will. I don't think that's going to do it somehow. Um, Trump refused to uh, denounce the Klan, though he claims to not have heard the question. And on three previous occasions, he did denounce the Klan. I know I heard all of them. Uh, So why do I think that one's not going to be the one? that gets him Adam and then we have uh, Ted Cruz of all people suggesting that Trump's taxes the the bombshell that Mitt Romney that severe conservative and my friend may have been referring to is mafia connections in his income taxes do you know how long that would take to prove and how how impossible it is to, you know, for, for immediate political usage. I mean, I'm not sure that Trump can't be sued now. Uh, I'm sorry, Cruz. I'm not sure that Ted Cruz couldn't be sued now for what he said. But, I mean, if you plan to go down the road saying Donald Trump has mafia connections, man, oh, man, you better have whole law firms devoted to nothing but your defense uh, in civil actions. So somehow I don't think it'll be that. And two more are left. Um Trump loves Mussolini because he retweeted a Mussolini quote. And uh, finally, uh, he has small hands. 
which is only, after all, an extension, Adam, of what Trump himself is saying every time he opens his mouth, which is, I have a big one, yours is small. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. There's, there's no I don't see way... any disqualifiers there. No, and quite, quite frankly, I think the, the income tax thing just comes down to He's a salesman trying to present himself as wealthier than he is, and he would just have to explain that he's not as wealthy as what he truly claims. But he's just yeah, and Adam, who's that. who's going to make that anger? And whom will be angered by that? What someone's going to be angry because he's worth five mil five billion instead of ten? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just more for he's he's an egomaniac, so it's more just. Uh, to protect his own uh, image or his sense of self, his uh, you know inflated sense of self. So it wouldn't. Hurt I have my anything. own theory, by the way, and I would call it. I would upgrade it to a theorem, uh, given the fact that I'm saying it, uh, based on my experience and my study of Trump. I, I here's my theorem for the the Klan thing. I think Donald Trump who already enjoyed the prophylactic of knowing. He had the certitude of knowing when he sat down for the interview on CNN yesterday. He had the certitude of the prophylactic of knowing he was on record thrice having denounced the David Duke endorsement. So what he did was thrown a question about the Klan, he could denounce them for a fourth time, which makes how much news when you say something for the fourth time? None. None. Okay. Or he could later claim to have problems with the earpiece and give an ambivalent answer, an ambiguous answer, that all of a sudden drove the news cycle for the next at least 24 hours, and which would say... Trump clan sympathizer with a question mark. And then the minute the story broke and it was all about Trump for another day and a half, all he needs to do is show up on any show he wants and say, oh, the clan. I thought you said the clash. Now, I love the clash back in the day, but the clan. No, no. Hate them. Bastards. Hate them. And all of a sudden you got two days of news all about you. You've got a previous you have a prior dismissal and you've got a later dismissal now live and what you got out of it is two more days of news that has trump in every other word and you don't get hurt that's exactly it i never thought of it that way he is just buying for free airtime just unlimited airtime every time Uh, adam every time he appears his his model ideal media appearance is to generate some controversy whether it's by twisting something someone else said or or doing it to himself such that he could turn around later and say i never said that i never meant that but until he decides to until he decides to plead not guilty he gets a guaranteed 24 hours of wall-to-wall universal coverage Yep, and the only time that doesn't seem to work, it falls a little flat, is in the debate when Ted Cruz was 
was drilling him and getting him to say, did you do this, yes or no? Right. And that's right. If he gets surprised. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If it's of his, if it's of his devising, uh, great, you know. But you're right when, when on those occasions he is surprised by something, he can be thrown off a little, but usually not by much. So, uh, you know, because oh, all he does is nanny boo boo. I mean, it, it just that's all it is. Uh, he he just turns around and goes the lowest common denominator and says, "You're a liar," or. I beat you really bad. Sorry, sorry. You know, it's like I don't even understand what I'm seeing here. I don't right. understand. And 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 you have a small unit. He would he would yeah. put, he would tack on at the end, uh, consciously okay, or otherwise. Every, every Adam, other. I have to jet. Please call again soon. Thank you for that contribution. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jay Severin Show. On the Blaze Radio Network, tomorrow is Super Tuesday, and it will be our first huge indicator, our first legitimate barometer as to where the race will end up. The debates thus far have been indicators as to where the race is headed, how it's forming, how it's shaping. But where the race ends, where the race ends, like who is going to be the next president? That's a question that does not get definitively answered tomorrow, I don't think, but historically will get largely answered tomorrow. And again, I mentioned to you the three-man, three-way theory, which I know is a favorite of the village people, but this one happens to be a legitimate political theory and it's subscribed to by some strange bed <laughs> fellows, uh, including a lot of us who are for Ted Cruz, a lot of us who are actually for Marco Rubio, but not those of us who are for Donald Trump. However, it is held fast by those, you, you, you ready for this, in the GOP establishment. See, they want to be able to give this nomination to an establishment candidate. If they cannot justify giving it back to Jeb Bush, then they'll give it to Rubio if they think Rubio will play ball with them. But the important thing, strategically, for the Republican Party is that they get to decide who is the nominee. They only get to decide that if the Republican vote remains split two or three or four ways. That's why, unless you want Trump to win outright before the convention, you want people to stay in. You need me on that wall. Jeannie from South Dakota. No, San Diego. Sorry. Thank you for your patience. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hi, Jeannie. Jenny. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I guys. That's okay, I get that all the time. I was like, okay. 
Okay, Jenny, I and I and I'm we're tweeting all the time. I know it's you. I have your yeah. picture right here, as a matter of fact. Yeah, sorry. I just I we we got okay. our signals crossed in the transcription here. Jenny, welcome. Sorry. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Take two. I am well, dear. Thank you. I'm totally nervous about tomorrow. I gotta be honest. Now, what what? Are are we kind of on the same page with this? I think we we'd kind of like to see Ted do well. Absolutely, and, you know, absolutely. Right, and then and do you agree that if Ted wins his home state, then the all of the attention turns to Rubio to do the same in Florida? I think it does, and I also think that um, I, I've I've been watching really close, and I think that Ted can't attack Trump personally. Because he's already being made out to be like a liar. But I think that with the good press that Marco has, it almost has more weight to it to attack Trump from that side. Well, Jenny, the, what, what, you, what you see right now, which is the press salivating over themselves to make Marco yeah. the sort of good guy underdog. He's like a nice puppy mm-hmm. dog right now. Right? That's how Marco's being portrayed. He's going to be portrayed that way until tomorrow. Let me see. What time is it? You know, he's got about another 30 hours to be portrayed that way. And then if Ted wins Texas, they're going to turn on him like a rabid dog. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, no one is going to ask Rubio any other question. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating only a little, Jen. You watch it, see the first question out of everyone's mouth that talks to Marco Rubio starting tomorrow night or maybe to be realistic. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow night after the results are in tomorrow night and henceforth is going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's that's great. Senator, are you going to win Florida? And no matter what he says, they're going to say, that's, that's great. You're going to win Florida? And that's the only question they're going to hammer him with for the next 10 days because he knows that he's a dead man walking unless those polls start to go up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so do in you the end, think it could it be a little bit ahead. of a like a Christie thing where the votes he gets off of Trump would go to Cruz? Maybe. That, that's that's Jen, one of the big things we're going to learn uh, as we sit here together tomorrow night. We're going to see. We know Trump will do well. The question is how well. Uh, there, there are a lot of people, and I have to look at these numbers, but some people I respect say that Trump could win 10 out of 11 tomorrow. If he does that, tick-tock, baby. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 Tomorrow, Super Tuesday. Super if you do well, not so super if you don't. This is where it comes down to what my friends in Alabama used to call nut-cutting time. And this is it. The only day bigger, and you notice there's always a bigger, right? And we're not just talking about Marco Rubio's insinuations as to Trump's manhood. 
It's always bigger. The last debate's always bigger than the one previous, right? The debate we saw a couple nights ago, huge, only not as big as the one we're going to see this Thursday night. Yeah, another one, a Fox debate, Republicans, this Thursday night. We'll be on with you, Blaze After Dark special. And this may really be the nail in the coffin for somebody. But obviously, you know all the reasons why each one becomes more important than the last. You've got dead men walking already, politically speaking. Have you listened to or watched anything during the weekend that featured Dr. Carson? Or, or maybe John Kasich? I've never seen such a naked, nakedly ambitious and nakedly hollow plan as John Kasich's. John Kasich hopes to be the favorite son in Ohio and use that single victory to leverage his position onto the ticket. Yeah, I know there's that rumor out there, but you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe it because I don't believe Governor Kasich believes it. And I don't think he believes it because although I am told he was born at night, I don't think it was last night. And I think you'd have to be born last night to believe that he believes that he's going to have and hold and put in his vest pocket Ohio, undeniably a crucial state for both parties, but especially for Republicans. I just don't believe even if he wins Ohio overwhelmingly, and let's say he controls it even, let's concede all of those things. He's not going to be the vice president. He might be the vice president of the Akron Rotary Club, but he's not going to be the vice president of the United States. And no one's going to pick him to be such. I believe, I could be wrong, there's a first time for everything. I believe John Kasich could also be known as the, uh, well, I could be unkind and say the tool of the Republican Party, but that's exactly what it is. My theory, John Kasich has existed from the beginning as an insurance policy for the National Republican Party. All the National Republican Party has ever needed, and don't forget, when you and I sit around and talk about the ball game, these guys are sitting around talking about next year's draft. They're way beyond this season already. When, when Prince, you know, Reince Priebus, the head of the Republican National Committee, sits down in a room with the multi-multi-billionaires that control the political action committees, that control the Republican Party, if they're sitting in a room together somewhere right now, and they probably are, they're not talking about who's going to win which state tomorrow. That's tactical. They have people who do tactics. 
What they deal with is grand strategy. What is the grand strategy? Again, so long as you know what your strategic objective is, all of this stuff becomes clear. When I tell you my strategic objective is and always has been, prevent Democrats. Stop Democrats. If you know that that's what your mission is, then it clears up anything about, well, suppose Hillary's not on the ticket. Suppose it's Bernie. So I don't care who it is because my strategic objective is very clear, uncluttered, and straightforward. I will do anything to prevent any Democrat from being president of the United States. Anything legal. Period. You sleep well at night when you have a clear, uncluttered, straightforward, very, very simple strategic objective. Prevent Hillary. Or, even that's too specific. Prevent Democrats. That's mine. What's yours? So, when these guys sit down at the Republican Party, they're not, they don't care about whether Ted wins Texas. I mean, they care, but that's not, that takes up five minutes at the meeting. What they've cared about from the beginning is, are we going to, they're looking at the head of the Republican Party and saying, tell me we're going to control this nomination. I have my checkbook here, and it's good for a few billion dollars. And your job, all of you, everyone in this room, the hundreds and hundreds of people who work for you in the Republican Party across the country, all of their jobs, the party itself, depends on whether or not we control this nomination. Mr. Priebus, tell me we control this nomination. And then when Mr. Priebus is recognized to speak, he stands up and says, well, we do. And here's why. Because we don't have just one iron in the fire. We've got Heb Bush in the fire. Uh, This is last week's transcript. We have Heb Bush in the fire. We have Chris Christie in the fire. Again, old transcript. And just to show you how thoughtful, how forethoughtful I am, I've taken out a special insurance policy for us. His name is John Kasich. And what John Kasich, the John Kasich policy represents, is that John Kasich is the favorite son of Ohio, and nobody's winning the nomination without Ohio. So John Kasich is on our payroll. He's going to run so flimsy a race that our biggest worry is whether the media will take it seriously or the Justice Department doesn't indict us under the RICO laws for racketeering. Because John Kasich's not running for anything. John Kasich is owned by us. John Kasich is on the take. We own him. John Kasich is going to run and win in Ohio and take all of those electoral votes and put them in his pocket. Oh, did I say in his pocket? 
What I meant to say is, sir, he's going to put them in your pocket. He's going to put them in our pocket. Nobody can win without Ohio's electoral votes. No one can win without Ohio's delegates. Guess what? We found a stooge to go in and run as our Trojan horse in Ohio. He's going to win all of those delegates, and he's going to hand them to us. And at that moment, two things will happen. By virtue of arithmetic, Donald Trump will no longer be able to win 1,237 delegates by the end of the primaries, which means Donald Trump will not arrive, cannot arrive, at the convention owning enough delegates to be the nominee. Plus, the second thing it gives us is that we now have in our wallet the delegates necessary, along with our superdelegates, to swing this nomination to whomever we wish. We can resurrect Heb, although I wouldn't recommend it. It's too late to resurrect the blimp from New Jersey. So who do we want? Well, it doesn't really matter, does it, gentlemen? This has never been a matter of who. This is American presidential politics. This is not what people think they're watching on television. This is a game like combat, high-stakes casino gambling, love, food poisoning. Uh, you have to have experienced giving birth to a baby. You, some things you must experience to understand unless you have an insider willing to tell the story like it is. Guru Jay, holy cow! This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. And you are my partners, and I've just offered one of the most important lessons, pieces of experience, insights I can give you. And boastful though it may sound, I'm happy to be able to boast to the credit of my employers, partners, and audience that. They've all chosen well. No one else on the radio has been engaged in actually making a living at national politics for 30 years, so no one can tell you this stuff. But uh, along with the other stuff we've been discussing, think about this. This is how badly, you know, you think about the agendas and we talk about, you know, will Cruz win this and will Rubio win that? And it's fascinating and it's important. And every war, every battle, everything in life has both tactics and strategy. But it pays every once in a while to remember that matters strategic are the ones that the people with the real dollars are thinking of. They're way ahead of us. 
What they want, what the people who run the Republican Party, and I don't mean it's some sinister thing like the Koch brothers or all the stuff you hear from Democrats. I mean, it's, it's, it's every senator who's a Republican, you know, every person who has a job that's connected to the Republican National Committee, the Republican Governors Association, Republican National Senatorial Committee, the National Republican Congressional Committee, they've all been clients of mine over the years. These are buildings filled with hundreds of decent people earning a living. All of those jobs go away or go to someone else if Trump wins. However much a revolutionary figure you and I may view him, just think how he looks to you if you get a paycheck from the Republican National Committee or a a designated subsection thereof. This is a guy, you know, they don't know. With Trump or with Cruz, by the way. It's why they hate Cruz. Cruz is going is to fire the asses of a lot of these people and close those buildings down and shut down departments and chop government and all of this. They're more worried about Cruz than they are about Trump. But you see, their strategic objective is not stop Cruz because that's tactical. Their strategic objective is not stop Trump. However powerfully attractive to the mid, it is as a factor. It is not the principal factor they go to bed with every night and wake up with every morning because it is tactical. Stopping with a certain name at that sentence, stop Smith, stop Jones, that's tactical. What they go to bed with at night and wake up with every morning is their strategic objective, and that is we nominate. Hmm? We nominate. The GOP establishment goes to bed every night worried about one thing only. Will we pick the nominee? That's their strategic objective. Names don't matter. Incidentals don't count. It's all like spilled peanuts. It doesn't spilled popcorn at the bar. It doesn't matter. What matters is the bumper sticker, which makes up the internal organs of these people and their organization. And that says, that bumper sticker says, we nominate. That's how important the tactics of tomorrow are to them because they need a split field. They can't stop Trump out of magic. You know, they can drone him or they can arrange for him to not win 1,237 delegates in the next uh, couple of months. And droning him might have legal difficulties attached to it. So as long as we can eliminate that possibility, they have to do it lawfully. And the only way to do it lawfully is to keep that vote split, keep everybody in it, keep as many people in it as possible, so that Super Tuesday just doesn't stop their ability to nominate. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.